Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. Look, this is probably going to be our last uh, our last time together for, certainly before Christmas, probably for, uh, well, until the new year, until 2022. But um, look, we've got some good news. We have Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin saves the day. And, well, that's right. You know, he wouldn't vote with the Democrats to pass the Build Back Better plan. And he's also signaled, previously, of course, that he's also not intending to vote for their voting rights legislation, which is not voting rights legislation, as you know, because you are amongst the most informed in America. But Joe Manchin saves the day, and the Democrats, they exposed so many things to you and I in their outrage, in their commentary, in response to Joe Manchin representing his constituents in West Virginia. Now let's just let's just put it this way. And I'll get into Manchin. And we're gonna be in and out of this episode a little bit quicker than 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 other episodes perhaps today. Um, we're gonna get to these important issues. And uh I'll have a little bit to say, too, about um, my year and just share a couple things with you. But, you know, in this country today, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday and, 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 and previously, especially over the last week. But the thought pop in, popped into my mind that, you know, when, when, when historians look back on this period of time in America's history— I mean, they have to write about this as a dark age, our American dark age. Because, you know, the the dark age historically, you know, there's some scientific, there's not scientific, but historians now want to debate about when it actually happened, how bad it actually was. But suffice to say, you know, the dark age still comes with this, understanding that it's a regressive period, right? A regressive period in which, uh, of decline certainly, but in which um, you have intellectual decay, cultural decay, scientific decay, economic decay, and that is what we have today because what the Democrat Party represents, and sadly their voters those who haven't seen the light yet, is a, a, a rejection of thousands of years of, of, of history, of experience, collective human experience that, one, gave birth to the United States of America, uh, but also in just the realms that have progressed naturally as well. I mean, economics since we're talking about Joe Manchin. 
We have the worst inflation in over 40 years that we're experiencing right now, and there is every indication that it's getting worse and worse. That's a really scary thing to think about. I mean, if you have any compassion, any common sense, any concern for the American people, every day, week in and week out, people have less spending ability than they did over the last week in so many cases. The prices of everything up, and the Democrats want to pass and spend trillions more dollars in entitlements. Because that's what the Build Back Better plan really is. It's an entitlement program that will force Americans to depend upon the government for things that they currently... Well, look, we don't need the government for anything. That's the truth. That's the truth. We did it without the government and these programs for most of our country's history. But then now we have these programs in place and, oh, we, you know, you, we can't touch them. Americans won't survive without them. They can't survive without Uncle Sam. That's not true, but we know that once these programs get passed and people become dependent, human nature is such that, well, they depend upon them. They lose their independence. And so that's what this Build Back Better plan is about in a nutshell. Government dependency. And so at a time in which we have inflation, Soaring prices across the board. The Democrats, what do they want to do? Spend more money. Print more money. It's not just spending more money. It's money that we don't have. They want to add to the debt. They already raised the debt ceiling. And they'd have to raise it again. And, and look, it's going to get raised anyway because we're already spending, of course, far more than we take in. But they want to add on top of that even. And what would that do? It would create and exacerbate, it would further exacerbate inflation. This is the economic decay I'm talking about, but, but really it all stems from what I would say is an intellectual decay. Intellectual decay, that's what we have in the Democrat Party and their voters. We really do, intellectual decay, because look, you know, in, intellect is about exercising you know, some objectivity, but rational thought and critical thinking, problem solving, asking questions, looking for truth and answers. And the, and the Democrats don't do that at all. They don't ask any questions. Joe Biden, you know, not too long ago, in the last week or so, when those terrible tornadoes, you know, went through, well, several states in this country, Many states in this country, I mean, they were devastating. They were devastating. I think they swept across six states, and yeah, people lost their lives. But, but you know, Joe Biden, what did he say after the tornadoes swept through? Oh, you know, he, he attributed it to, to global warming, man-made global warming. That's right. Tornadoes are getting worse, don't you know, because of mankind, because of our unnatural presence on this earth. We are responsible for tornadoes of hurricanes, of inclement weather. But, you know, in reference to this tornado situation that just took place, if, if someone just did a quick Google search, you know, you would learn pretty quickly that we've actually experienced much larger and more deadly tornadoes throughout our history than we did in this most recent one. You know, 
A two-minute Google search and you'd probably find the Super Outbreak Tornado of 1974. In 1974, by the way, that's when climate experts, they were still warning of an impending ice age. But nonetheless, in 1974, 148 tornadoes, which went through 13 different states, killed 335 people. You know, and you could do ditto for, for hurricanes, wildfires, floods, right? All these natural disasters, you know, 10 minutes on your phone, searching. I mean, that, of course, would require a curious mind. And that's my point. The Democrats aren't curious people. And that's the only new phenomenon, not, not these, these weather events. That's not new. This new phenomenon that is representative of this dark age, well, is, is this, this widely accepted nonsense that man is somehow responsible for natural disasters. And people's just, they're so happy to reject facts, reject common sense, reject science. It's, it's delusion. But I want to stay with this, this topic for a second of climate change. Because, okay, we're told it's settled science, right? Man is responsible for it. Well, okay, has any Democrat ever stopped to ask, well, how? How do they know this? Like, wh where do they draw these conclusions from? Well, they study the surface temperature data. And so, you know, the instruments weren't even invented to measure surface temperature data until the, eight, you know, until the 1880s. So... That means we have recorded surface temperature data going back to the 1880s. That's 141 years approximately. But how old is the Earth? 4.54 billion years old. So the climate quacks, they've studied 141 years of data out of 4.54 billion years. And that's irrefutable proof that man is responsible for warming temperatures? I don't think so. That's a little bit of a small sample size, don't you think? But no Democrats probably ever even thought to ask that simple question I just did. Gone through that simple exercise of critical thinking. What else can we learn if we just ask questions? Well, these same climatologists, these nutjobs, look, they admit that 53 million years ago, Antarctica was so warm. Are you ready? I bet you didn't know this. 53 million years ago, Antarctica was so warm that palm trees lived along its sandy beaches. That's true. That's what these same climate individuals concede. They also concede, but can't explain, for example, why the atmospheric carbon dioxide levels 53 million years ago when Antarctica looked like a tropical paradise, well, they were 60% higher than they measure today. Isn't that odd? I mean, 53 million years ago was long before the Industrial Revolution, before fossil fuel emissions, which the climate cult claims is responsible for warming temperatures today. But that's my point. Democrats don't ask any questions. They don't have any curiosity. I mean, CNN <clears throat> says, oh, it's settled science, man-made. And they say, they, they nod their heads. No questions. I mean, this is just one of those things, one of those many subjects that, that just leaves me shaking my head in, in relative disbelief. Because to me, it's so clear 
Climate change is about what? Control. Man-made climate change, the movement, is about controlling not the climate. It's about controlling people, citizens, Americans. It's about authoritarianism. It's about creating and convincing, uh, you know, well, the whole world, but in our case, the American people, that we are responsible for uh, temperature, changing temperature. And these people should have no credibility whatsoever anyway because these same climate people telling us that sea levels are rising and so on and so forth, I mean, they've, they've, they've never gotten one pr- prediction correct in their entire careers. In the 70s, it was global cooling. It wasn't just global cooling. They were predicting nuclear winter. And then they suddenly said, oh, sorry, we were wrong. Now the, the, the climate is warming. And... It's just, it's just one of those things where so many intelligent people out there, well, I, what is intelligence these days? I don't know, you go to a good university, you're a doctor, you're what? I mean, there's different ways the brain works. So yeah, in, in one capacity, somebody maybe has the ability to make money or invest in stocks or whatever it is. But when it comes to just critical thinking, it doesn't exist. I can't imagine. I mean, just, I guess when you're finally awake, and I have been for a long time, and you understand history and what's happening and what the Democrat Party represents and politicians in general, that they're, they ha- they've all, you know, people, people are always the same throughout history. It doesn't matter if you go back to Egyptian times or today. Yeah, the societies have been altered. Our, our forms of governance, governance has changed, but fundamental human nature has not. You've always got people who, who are born and have an unsatiable appetite for power. They crave it, and that's what we're dealing with. I don't know why. You know, it's all conspiracy theory. Oh, global warming's real to suggest that it's about politicians controlling the public. No, that's, that can't be true. It's exactly true. It's exactly what's going on. Did we not learn anything from COVID, from this pandemic? It's the same playbook. You know, the, climate's about, the climate change. Oh, is there any more noble cause? What can't you sacrifice? What can't we ask you to sacrifice? What can't we do to you in the name and the noble, for the noble cause of saving mankind? COVID's the same thing. Oh my gosh, you know, we don't want people to die. We care about people. Is there any more noble cause than saving a life in this pandemic from COVID, this terrible, terrible respiratory disease? And it's looking like, I want to make a couple assertions to you. I'm going to make one assertion now. I just want you to hear me out, okay? Because I've been, um, look, I, I've stayed far away from the, the, the rabbit, going down the rabbit hole with this. If you've been listening to my show. But it's becoming, let me preface this way. I'm about to say some things that people will, some of you will listen to and perhaps not quite buy into it. But do not doubt me that I will be proven true in the future. I do believe 
that this pandemic was intentional. Now, in the past, I've said, hey, you know, I haven't seen the evidence or, you know, my gut isn't telling me or I'm not, I'm not comfortable, comfortable making some wild claim yet. I'm just not comfortable saying that, you know, the Fauci's and all that were in on this. You know, my previous assertion was, look, I can analyze how they've used the pandemic, but but I, I, I can't quite suggest that this was released intentional. Maybe they just, it happened, it got out of the lab, and then they just, like totalitarians, they saw an opportunity. But I don't believe that anymore. I believe that it was a coordinated effort throughout the entire world. In Europe, and certainly in the United States of America. Because if we ask questions, it's the only logical explanation, and we know it's true. Our gut is right. Our gut is right. Look, there has been no effort, none whatsoever by Fauci, by Biden, by anyone in the Democrat Party, not a single person to get to the bottom of why this happened, where it came from, Why would they not be interested in that question? If this is such a deadly disease, so dangerous, so terrible, would you not demand an answer to how it happened so you can prevent anything like this from happening again? Of course you would, but they're not interested in that question. Why? Because they wanted this to happen. In fact, the outgoing NIH director, his name's Dr. Francis Collins. You don't see him too often, unlike Fauci. He's an unfortunate-looking man. But we know that the virus came from a Wuhan lab. We know that Fauci helped fund the development, gain-of-function research that created COVID-19. And yet, Dr. Francis Collins, who's leaving the, uh, the NIH as, as director now, well, what did he do on his way out? He went on Fox News Sunday with Brett Baer, and... Um, he was an appointed, he was uh, tapped by President Barack Obama, right? So he's a, he's a good leftist, good Marxist. So what does he do on his way out? Well, he says, I'm really sorry that the lab leak has become such a distraction for so many people because frankly, we still don't know. We still don't know. This guy thinks, wants us to believe it still came from bat soup in a wet market. This is my point. They're not interested in any of these questions that matter. How did this happen? Why? Well, it's probably damning if we actually got to the bottom of it. And they'll say all day long, well, China won't cooperate and so on and so forth. They've got every excuse possible. But when we had an investigation into this under Trump, Biden shut it down. And again, no effort, no curiosity to get to the bottom of this. Isn't that an important question? This pandemic that's responsible for poor decisions on our lawmakers' behalfs to shut down our economy, to wreck this country, to bring about the sudden decline of America as we know it, something that did so much damage throughout the world, shouldn't we find out and prevent this kind of thing from happening again? No, no effort, no interest, which tells me they liked it. They wanted it. And we saw two, there's just, 
I'm gonna relate this to January 6th too and other hoaxes out there now because there was too much preparedness for the talking points, too much preparedness across the board. Look, we, we have evidence now that, look, there were, there were some, look, it was 15 days to slow the spread, so we were lied to. But there were other legitimate doctors out there, immunologists even, experts in viruses, that were starting to say, look, we need, to, we need a herd immunity approach. We don't need to lock down and prevent people from getting it. You can't do that. It's nonsense. You can't prevent a virus from doing what a virus does. We need to get protect the vulnerable and get the young and healthy who are going to survive this thing. We need to let them just get, it, get COVID, get over it, develop the antibodies, and get herd immunity. But they quickly silenced those voices because it didn't fit with their agenda with the pandemic. We have emails, emails with Fauci to his counterparts demanding that they, they, they squash, they squash conversations about herd immunity. They didn't want that out there. And I'm looking right now if I can find, I still haven't gotten my printer to work, by the way. It's a very frustrating thing. You know, it just kind of messes with your whole uh, procedure here when you're doing this. But um, here are the emails. It's from the Daily Mail out of the UK. There needs to be a quick and devastating takedown. Emails show how Fauci and head of NIH worked to discredit three experts who penned the Great Barrington Declaration, which called for an end to lockdowns. Outrageous. Lockdowns were all they wanted. This was never about health. That's what people have to understand. It's not conspiratorial. Those are the facts. Those are the facts. They didn't want to focus on treatment options. And look where we are. You know, when we speak of conspiracy theories, uh, two years ago, would anyone have ever, if, I, if someone were to say, hey, you know, um, if a virus gets out here, um, you know, the, the government's going to lock down the entire country. Uh, they're going to force mask mandates. They're going to close down businesses. They're going to close outdoor dining. Everyone would have said that's absolute. That's never going to happen. Even at 15 days of slow the spread in March of 2020, did anyone imagine that it would get to the point today where we had vaccine mandates? being proposed and actually implemented in many places in this country, where booster shots were then going to be mandated on top of the vaccines, when people's lives and livelihoods were threatened, where your unalienable rights were dependent upon your willingness to get an injection of an experimental vaccine? Of course not. Hindsight's twenty twenty, And lockdowns, by the way, are not out of the question going forward. I think there's a little bit of a complacency going on, especially if you're in a red state. But this is far from over. You know, in New York State, the state assembly has been looking at legislation. It's written down. You can read it. This is not a conspiracy theory. Either they want to implement COVID concentration camps. I kid you not. COVID concentration camps. I, um, I actually have this assembly bill here. 
And this was submitted on January 6th of 2021, pre-filed. So this is uh, a bill that says that the governor has the power to detain in a medical facility or another appropriate facility or premises designated by the governor or his or her delegee Uh, if they are a uh, imminent threat to society based on contracting COVID. It goes on and on and on about all these different uh, uh, scenarios. But this bill would have given the, um, the governor, with the simple spoken word or an edict, to whisk those he deemed dangerous, those who had contracted COVID, uh, off to detainment facility centers. This is what's happened in Australia. So again, not conspiracy theory. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean they're not trying to do it. Just because it, because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it's not their intention. And I want to be clear about that. But what are we hearing now from the media? This, it, they're talking in an identical fashion to March of 2020 identical. And this fella, Francis Collins, of course, he's out there because look, the 15 days of slow the spread, the first lockdowns, that was based on a fake, remember the two point, okay, there was a study out of the UK and it was a model, a model. And it predicted that as many as 2.2 million Americans would die if we basically didn't lock down and do what Fauci was pr promoting. So that, that study, that fake invented number was used to shut down the economy. And so it was called the Imperial College Study, by the way. And so now we've got Francis Collins on his way out the door. He's predicting that we could see 1 million cases per day of Omicron. We can't afford to let down our guard is what they're saying. Fauci's already been out there basically saying, you know, that this is, uh, this is very, very terrifying. You know, again, nothing's off the table. And this gentleman, Francis Collins, he says, uh, I know people are tired of this. I'm tired of it too, believe me. But the virus is not tired of us. It's having a great old time changing its shape every couple of months, coming up with new variants and figuring out ways to be even more contagious. And so we'll hear the same old stuff. Hospitals are going to be overcrowded. I mean, none of it changes. It's the same talking points, the exact same plan, and are Americans going to fall for this again? Democrats will because they don't ask any questions. Because there are a lot of questions that you would think, I don't know, any American citizen might want to ask. I mean, let, let me start with a little story that's related to COVID. Now, CNN, CNN has um, closed down. It's not that good. Don't worry. Their, their talking heads will still be spewing their propaganda. But CNN, they have a zero tolerance policy towards unvaccinated individuals and so now they're closing their offices to non-essential personnel. So it's just like back in March, you know, March of 2020, the initial shutdowns. But we were told that, look, 
businesses, these these ridiculous diktats from the Biden administration telling private businesses with, you know, 100 employees or whatever or more, you need to demand vaccination. Demand vaccination. We want vaccine mandates uh, at companies. We want you fired. We want people to lose their jobs if they won't get the shot, if they work, for example, as firefighters, police officers, and so on and so forth. That's the way forward. That'll protect us. So CNN adopted this zero tolerance, zero tolerance policy towards the unvaxxed. This was the way forward, we were told. They did it. Vaccine mandates. And what? They're shutting down because of Omicron. Because what do we know? Well, guess what? Senator, Senator Warren, Focahontas herself, double, double vaxxed and boosted. Well, she's another breakthrough case of, of COVID. So she's got COVID and she has symptoms. Now, she will, of course, be quickly given hydroxychloroquine, monoclonal antibody treatments if she wants, and ivermectin, ivermectin. Those same things that she decried as uh, dangerous. And that's what has me so sick about all this. She'll be given all those things that the American people were told couldn't help them, that were dangerous, and she'll get better. But do you think that Senator Warren, for example, is going to recover from this and then say, well, it seems the vaccine and the boosters aren't working because I got... Co- of course not. You know what she'll say? I, I probably would have died. I probably would have died if I hadn't had the vaccine. That's an unprovable position, by the way, that is a logical fallacy in all of this. It reduces the chances of hospitalization. Reduces the chances. You know, if you... Um, don't die from COVID, uh, and you recover, they just simply say every time, well, it could have been worse if I hadn't been. Thank God I got vaccinated. I just got COVID and got the symptoms. Well, you know, I got COVID and had symptoms, and I told you what a pain in the butt that was, how it was no fun at all. I wasn't vaccinated and had those symptoms, but my friend suffered the exact same symptoms at the same time as me and had COVID, who was fully vaccinated. So he can make the claim, well, you know, I I, I would have been hospitalized if I hadn't been vaccinated. And and what, can I make the same claim? Well, I, I would have been hospitalized if I'd been vaccinated. Do you see how dumb that is? But no, she's going to come out and she's going to make that absurd claim. Yeah, yeah, more reason to get vaccinated because it saved my life. This is how they work. But there's a couple things going on here. I, I just question everything now. These reports about them even. I mean, no doubt she probably tested positive and has it, but there's always a reason to it. They won't say, look, Senator Warren did everything we said. She's the new definition of fully vaccinated because you know they're trying to change that definition as well, right? So fully vaccinated will no longer be the two jabs, it'll be the latest booster shot to be considered fully vaccinated. This is what they do, by the way, as well, which cracks me up. It doesn't crack me up. It actually makes me furious. But it's like the definition of, of a vaccine. You know, it used to stimulate immunity. And then because this vaccine for COVID, which isn't a vaccine, this shot for COVID was proven not to prevent, to create immunity, they changed the definition of vaccine to fit the new shot. That's not science. 
If we did that with, for example, um, well, uh, astronomy or something, let's say, uh, Pluto would still be a planet. Because when they discovered that Pluto no longer fit the criteria, the strict criteria of planets, they, they uh, diminished they diminished Pluto, its, its, its title as a planet or whatever. They made it a dwarf planet. Gave it some new title because it didn't fit their strict, the, the definition of a planet. But if they'd acted like the CDC, they would have changed the definition of planet to fit Pluto. But anyway, so, so that's, that's the thing. And so they're setting up, just like they did in March of 2020, with this Omicron crap. Trying to get everyone scared again because this is the only thing the Democrats have. Manchin won't vote for them to, to, well, fundamentally transform and give them this agenda item. And they're worried about 2022. And so, look, they, they, there is nothing they're not willing to do, the Democrats, for their own power. There is no American they won't punish or make suffer for power. And so, honestly, if look, they're getting increasingly desperate because... The Voting Rights Act they need so that they can federalize elections and cheat in 2022. That doesn't look like it's going to get passed either, even though they're pushing hard for it now. But I just don't know how any American today can't look at what's happened on, happened with the moving goalposts and reject this COVID tyranny. Well, I mean, I know why, because they're sycophantic. And they're loyal to, uh, to the media and to the Democrat Party, and they don't ask questions like we said. But I was trying to find here, there's something outrageous I wanted to show you, well, tell you about here. Um, there was a, a press conference, let's see, I believe it was yesterday. Um, let me see here. I know I can't have any silence here on the radio wave or people will stop listening to me. That's how it works. Um, hang on. Okay, I got it. I got it here. So this was a press conference. This was, um, this was a prepared statement. And I'm just going to read you a brief part of it. So on this very day, remember, Senator Warren and Cory Booker are two new breakthrough cases of fully vaccinated and booster-shotted individuals, Democrats, who have tested positive for COVID and have symptoms. So think about that. That just happened, and they have the audacity to say, our vaccines work against Omicron, especially for people who get booster shots when they are eligible. If you are vaccinated, you could test positive, but if you do get COVID, your case will likely be asymptomatic or mild. We are intent on not letting Omicron disrupt work and school for the vaccinated. You've done the right thing, and we will get through this. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. I think that pretty much speaks for itself. But that is, um, will go down in history. History. One of the most uncivil, filthy, Nazi-esque statements that has ever been uttered, uttered, and published on a White House government.gov site given to the American people. 
Oh, you've done the right thing if you're vaccinated, but you unvaccinated? You're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves. In fact, you unvaxxed, we hope you die. You're going to die and we hope you die because you don't comply. You won't do what we say. This vaccine doesn't work. The booster shot doesn't work either. And yet we have a government still forcing the vaccine down our throats, still dividing us. And people believe this, by the way. And that's what they say. Well, you know, my case will be milder. Who cares? That's your choice. You get the vaccine and you think it's going to make your case more mild. Fantastic. By all means, get the vaccine. But we got sports teams around this country that are 100% vaccinated, not being able to play basketball games and whatever, because they're testing positive for COVID. They're boosted, they've done everything, and they're testing positive, they're shutting down. What's the point? It doesn't work. We need to be focused on treatment options at this point. This vaccine is an absolute disaster. Absolute disaster. And our rights aren't dependent upon getting their next determined booster shot and enriching these pharmaceutical companies. I don't know why this is so hard for so many Democrats, especially, but other people in this country to understand that this was never about health and safety. And that's why I make the assertion today, this was all planned. There's been too much collusion going on, too much preparedness, too much coordination of shutting down voices who provide alternative solutions to this pandemic. I mean, attacking the idea of herd immunity, which is not... This is why I say this is the dark age. We're rejecting science, changing definitions to suit this pandemic, to suit this vaccine. That's not science. That's the rejection of science. That's the rejection of truth. That's the corruption of it all. And so you better believe it. They want to keep this thing hot and alive so they can utilize it and manipulate it to to keep power. Because if things don't go their way and they continue to get desperate, nothing's off the table for these people. Nothing. They will move, to move forward with fresh lockdowns. And we know this because we're not stupid. It's deja vu. We've already been here. This is March of 2020. Businesses, CNN is shutting down, going remote again because of Omicron. That's how it starts. Fauci kind of making his way out there. And it won't happen before Christmas. But keep an eye on this. Keep an eye on this because we've been here before. We've been here before. All right, this is Drew Allen. I'm going to take one short break. I'm going to come back. And I just want to tell you a little anecdotal. It's not an anecdotal story, actually. It's a little bit. It's, well, I want to share something. Okay, I'm right Now, I always get really nostalgic this time of year. I love this time of the year. I love the traditions. I love family. You know, every year I can't wait to get the Christmas tree and the Christmas lights up as soon as possible to play Christmas music. But it's um, it's also a time of the year to just be grateful, you know, and it runs into the new year and, you know, people have their New Year's resolutions. And... Um, it's a time to reflect at the end of the year on, on what's perspired, what's taken place over the past year, and what to look forward to going forward, what we've learned over the past year, the kind of person we are today that we were not a year before. And um, 
you know, this is, um, you know, you have to bear with me here. I'll, I'll be fine. I just, this is an emotional thing to share, but I, I, I want to do it. I want to do it. You know, a year ago, well, this year, 2021 is the year that I really got up and running in the realm of politics. I got my publicist. I began writing articles and having them published in so many places. Doing the radio interviews, TV interviews, and then ultimately leading to to this podcast here. And um, there's one person. You know, people in our lives, sometimes in a flash, sometimes it's temporary. And they... um, they're really special individuals who have a unique ability and impact on an individual's life, something that's just far greater than so many tend to have. And the reason that I'm sitting behind the microphone, the reason that I have this career that I have this year that developed is because of a woman named Elizabeth Imus, the daughter of Don Imus, the, the legendary shock jock. And she passed away last month. But um, around this time of the year, in um, 2020, she encouraged me to get involved. She provided me the connections to have this chance to use what she saw as as an ability, a skill set, a unique talent for communication to hopefully serve this country. And she was a dear friend, not lifelong, not lifelong. I knew Elizabeth for several years, and she was just a bright light. And she is somebody who came into my life and encouraged me, who lifted me up, who affirmed and and just... You know, you meet these people that help you get on a pathway because they see something in you that you can't even see in yourself and they open the doors for you. And she was diagnosed with a rare and sudden series of tumors in her brain this year. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, and she was given a death sentence. And she sent me this text message, I want to tell you, on August 31st, that was a Tuesday, and she sent it at 1.48 p.m. I knew that I knew that she was ill. I knew what the diagnosis was. And so did she. And she sent me this text message and she said, Hi, Drew. Side note. Unsolicited advice coming down the pike. I haven't been reading your blogs or watching the news because I'm just keeping it all positive all day. But I just wanted to make sure that I told you this. 
You might be doing it already, but like I said, I'm just filling my head with visions of fun things I'm planning to do in the next few years, and I just... I just bought a um, a couple new area rugs for Michael's house in, El- in La Quinta, and, which I've been wanting to do forever, so I'm really excited that those are coming. Unsolicited advice section. I see your political career as a mix between... These are her words, not mine, okay. Between Ronald Reagan and Jesus Christ. Reagan was logical. And explained things well because he was smart and a good communicator. However, Jesus was compassionate and met people like the woman at the well where they where they were at and told them the truth and love and then gave them water and then went on his way. The only way we're going to win people over is with love and compassion. Also, you will become really annoying to people if you get too intense and call names. I'd like to caution you against calling people names. Any names are getting too riled up and angry. It will seem like you're more popular and get you more attention in interviews because people respond to drama. It's sort of like a woman dressing in sexy clothes. But I want to encourage you as a Christian man and a husband and teacher, political leader, to always take the high road, and every time you speak, ask yourself how Jesus or Ronald Reagan <laughs> might say this. I love you and Alex so much. That's my wife. You can share this with her if you want. And she goes on. She tells us to enjoy every minute. Life sucks sometimes, but life is always changing, and even the sad parts. Teach us how to evolve into high spiritual beings, which is the whole point. Keep smiling fixes everything. Love, Elizabeth. And I just know that she would have no problem with me sharing that. But she was an effective, influential, and loved person in my life, my wife's life, my family's life. And she's not here, unfortunately. But she is the reason that I am here doing this today. And, you know, I can't live up to all of those expectations. Jesus Christ and Ronald Reagan are a little, are a little even beyond my reach, I think. But what a year, huh? What a year it's been of change and loss and sacrifice and happiness and you know people who've had children and new life and loss of life and that's just how things go but you know we just have to continue to do with every moment that we have on this earth what is important to us what matters to us and I just wanted you to meet Elizabeth Imus Don Imus's daughter who passed away, who was a, a talent. And, um, you know, Elizabeth never reached the, I think the, you know, she was an ambitious woman, didn't have an easy life. And there were things that she didn't um, achieve that I think she wished she had a hat. 
But she realized later in life that perhaps her role was not to become, as she would say, you know, famous herself or, or you know, that, 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 that her job and role, she realized, was to encourage other people, to help other people achieve these things. And she did do that in her life, and she did it with me, and I'm sitting here because of her. And so, Elizabeth, you know, if you're, if you're listening and looking down, I'm grateful, and you, you, you hit the nail on the head. You figured out your purpose, and you did achieve it, because, but for you, I wouldn't be doing this and having this opportunity to speak to people today. I just wanted to end on that message. There's still a lot going on. But, you know, at this moment in time, it's good to just step away. Step away from things and appreciate the, the, the blessings that have been bestowed upon us as individuals and America as a country. And to just laugh and smile and appreciate, okay? Don't worry, I'll be back and I'll do my best not to get too riled up as... I can't make any promises. I, I, I like to get riled up as we approach the new year. But um, you as an audience mean a lot to me because this show has uh, grown and grown since I started doing it. This is actually the 55th podcast. And I just want to thank you all and, and wish you a merry, merry Christmas. I want to wish you a happy new year. And I look forward to reconvening with you again in 2022. God bless you all. This is Drew Allen.